Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford. Your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely. Lock or unlock it from your smartphone. Receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford. 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or online at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln. We say yes! Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to show number 300 of the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. Right out of the gate, we want to thank Jim K. Ford for their great support over these, low these many years. And uh, 300 shows went by in the blink of an eye. It is Steve Warren, along with the coach, Greg Kennedy, who's been here for all of them. Greg, how are you today? I'm good, Steve. I was thinking, you know, it's easy to last 300 shows when you're the boss. (laughs) Simple. (laughs) That is true. That is true. But, uh, I mean, just to give people a little background on on how the show started, like I got laid off by Bell Media. I was in the TSN 1200 morning show, Talking Sense and, and other sports for 19 years. And uh, my old co-host, Jim Jerome, and I started a podcast that seemed like a natural because he, too, got the boot from Bell Media, as thousands of Canadians have. And uh, we started that. And then I realized as we went along, uh, Jimmy's out in Edmonton and uh, loves to talk sports in general and, uh, and and joke around. But he really doesn't have his finger on the pulse of the Sens. So you and I had done one of the Steve Warren Project podcasts, and I thought it went really, really well. We did it over at Lorenzo's, had some pizza and beer. And I said, that was fun. That was really good back and forth. He's a guy who knows his hockey. And uh, and then I guess a few weeks later, we did another one with uh, Steve Lloyd. And I said, okay, this is good. And and then uh, asked you to do it. And that's uh, that's how the show got started. And do you regret it at this point? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then I moved out to north of Edmonton. <laughs> for, like, for, for for two seasons, right? I was, I was away for two years. Right, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the, the whole Slave Lake, Alberta scenario. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, so. it's, I, I have not regretted a moment of it, Steve. I have a good time. It's it's fun to talk hockey, and it's uh, it's nice that people uh, tune in and listen to us in whatever way they, they find to do that. We appreciate that 300 times. I wonder if there's anybody out there who has listened to all 300 shows. I mean, beyond wow. your family and mine, that is. <laughs> there might be a couple in there, I would think. Surely somebody... Like, I've missed many Sens games over the years, but I've missed a few. I'll admit that. But uh, anyway, um, we were trying to come up with some kind of way to honor it. And the best thing we could come up with was this sound. This is Sparta! This is Sparta from the movie 300, right? Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Okay. Perfect. I've never seen the movie, but I know the line. Yeah. That's very Centurion, very Ottawa Senator. Exactly. And uh, I think I think Sens fans feel a bit like, is it Gerard Butler that's the lead actor in that? It is. Yeah. So I'm thinking that Sens fans these days are feeling a little bit like the guy that's getting kicked in that scene by Gerard Butler and, and falling down a cliff uh, to his death. Um, maybe not that bad, but they've lost three straight. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say it anymore like, oh, my gosh, something's got to give. Because at this stage, they've now got their worst record that they've had all season. We're two months into the season, Greg, and they have their worst record at any point in this season. They're still in last in the Atlantic. All these games in hand that they got via the Swedish thing. Um, 
They're frittering the, them all away. And they've got a very tough remaining road trip. Vegas coming up on Sunday night. Like it's just at a stage where I'm not going to say it anymore. Like something's got to give or well, they got to make a change because they obviously they have some they must have some plan like like someone they plan to replace DJ Smith with uh, maybe someone they're going to give the GM job to. But for whatever reason, they can't get their hands on those guys right now. I don't know what it is, but I'm certainly not going to sit here and say anymore that, uh, well, the end is near or DJ Smith's on the hot seat because, well, clearly he's not. I, I, there's there's. <laughs> We've gone through about 900 Thelma and Louise roadblocks and we're going off the cliff here and nobody's doing anything. It's it's strange. I, I, I understand the patience idea that ownership has taken, but I think that ownership maybe and, and, and management, I guess, right? It's not just ownership, but I, I think they really need to stop and think about how much patience the fan base has shown for at least six years now. And, and then these, these three or four months since the new boys have been in town, patience uh, wore thin before these guys even came in as the new yes. owners. And I, I, I maybe listen back to our old podcast episodes. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's like dozens and dozens where we're in that headspace. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, and I'm just thinking that maybe there, this could be a, 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 a black mark on them almost like are people going to start to turn on on ownership and steve steos and thinking like guys come on give us something here please give us something and their their fans are well let's face it a, a percentage of the fan base is already fed up uh with with the, the the coaching staff and the current situation how much longer does it take or how bad does it have to get before something gives that's the big yeah. question See, I'm still irritated with Michael Andlauer for that, just that little crack that he had at the NHL Board of Governors meeting in Seattle when he's talking to TSN's Gino Retta. He asked him specifically about the fans wanting a coaching change, and Andlauer came out with, what, 30 fans in Section 323? That was just ridiculously tone deaf. And at the time, it was, well, it was earlier in the season than it is right now. But as things have marched on, it's like, do you have any idea how many people want a coaching change right now? Like, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Is it, is it a case of they weren't here? So they don't have any sense of how frustrated the fans were. Like you just talked about, uh, I, I got to think that, you know, they, they're doing their due diligence. They're, they're, they're talking to people. They must understand. Cyril leaders, the CEO, he has lived in Ottawa and he's been a Sens fan from the day he got fired in 2017. He's still followed the team. He loves the team. It's part of it's in his blood. So he knows what's going on here. He's surely in Michael Landlauer's ear to talk about how frustrated the fan base is. But it sure feels like they're just sort of, you know, well, we're you know, we're, we're giving everybody a fresh, clean slate at this stage. And not just uh, not just Cyril. Uh, Alfie's on board. Like they, right. they would have had discussions with Alfie. Uh, they were having discussions with Alfie before they even bought the team. So Alfie would have conveyed to them, you know, these are the problems that have existed before you got here. Now, of course, most some of those problems have been addressed. They have made some hirings. They, they have they've started to fill out a little bit of coaching staff, analytics people, uh, uh, support people uh, for Steve Steos, things like that. But at the same time, the head coach is still the head coach. And the head coach would be the first guy to tell you it comes down to him. How many times have we heard? Uh, DJ say when the players weren't ready, you know, that's on me. And the, and the other line, and I was thinking about this watching the game the other night, one of DJ's favorite lines is also, you play that well every night, 
you're you're going to win your fair share of games. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it does take a genius to also know that you get goaltending like that every night, you're going to lose your fair share of games. And yet again, poor goaltending, poor D zone coverage, uh, a lack of pushback, uh, the usual. Uh, goals in semi mini clumps um and and just it's the same old story (laughs) the other line that we say a lot here steve is we've seen this movie we know how it ends it happens every game game in game out yeah a buddy of mine i thought he texted me and uh i thought it was uh perfectly put so massive sense fan and he says here's the prediction the sense will not make the playoffs but they'll finish strong giving us fans hope for next year. Sens fans will agree that next year it will be critical to get off to a good start. (laughs) Like total Groundhog Day stuff. I mean, I thought it was impossible last year, thoroughly impossible last year that DJ Smith and the Ottawa Senators could get off to a bad start and he would survive that, that he would keep his job. They did and he did. And then now we're doing it again. So it's like you can't, like I said off the top, it's impossible to come on a podcast, one of the top podcasts in the nation, by the way, um, <laughs> after 300 episodes. Uh, there is no way that that I can come on a podcast and suggest that something's got to give. Like I said earlier, something is going to happen. There's got to be changes. DJ Smith's on the hot seat. When and again and again, we've seen the act and... Uh, yeah, it's all just very frustrating. I'm probably losing my train of thought on it, but there's a million things I'm thinking about. And I wonder, like, what do you do? Because I'm hoping they'll bring in new blood, new GM that, that has experience, new head coach that has experience. What's the formula for turning this particular group around? I think we all, but, oh, geez, we all know what the problem is. The problem appears to be structure. The number one problem is consistency of whatever structure they play under. There are nights when we see it. There are periods when we see it, but we do not see it consistently game in, game out. That's the number one issue. You need somebody who's going to bring in structure. To go hand in hand with that, you need somebody who's going to hold players accountable in Mm -hmm. obvious ways that everyone watching the game can see. That guy screwed up yet again. Oh, I haven't seen him play for the last six or eight or 10 minutes. There needs to be structure. There needs to be accountability. And you know what? Maybe the goaltending is okay if there's consistent play in front of them. I don't know. So to me, the goaltending is probably number three on the list because there are other things you need to look at first that may be affecting the goaltending. But to me, it's it's structure and it's accountability first and foremost. And both of those things are coaching. Like you can't sit here like five years ago and say the number one issue here is a lack of talent. We that's not coaching. Sorry, the coach can't can't do that. Successful coach needs three things: a game plan, a way to execute the game plan, a way to get his players to execute the game plan, and he needs talent. And if he doesn't have talent, forget it. But that's not the issue here anymore. It hasn't been the issue for a couple of years. The issue is getting the players to perform properly, and that's just not happening consistently enough and i don't care if you just bought the team last week or you or you've been the owner for five years it doesn't take a genius to look at it and see there's a complete lack of consistency here it's time for a change there are 31 other teams in the nhl how many of those 31 with their guy in the same circumstances the number of years coached 
the record, the lack of playoffs, the terrible starts, the lack of defensive structure of the 31 teams, if their coach had DJ Smith's exact scenario, how many of those 31 teams do you think would have kept DJ Smith or their guy around? No, their guy wouldn't have been around even to this point. There's not another team in the NHL. You know what, Steve? I might even say there's not another team in all of hockey at any level that would have let this guy, uh, let a a man with this record stay beyond year three, maybe even year four. It might have even been year two. Like it's just, it's, it just cannot continue. And through circumstances with ownership, with the GM, you know, he was able to stay where he was, you know, rebuild. This is the right guy, relates to the players. The players love him, yada, yada. But I'm sorry. All of that doesn't matter anymore. All that matters now is results, and they're not getting results. And I'm, I'm going to say it again uh, for the 15th time now. I'm going to put a date on when he's going <laughs> to get fired. But to me, I could see it happening right after the road trip. They get home from the road trip. And if it doesn't get any better over the next couple of games here, he's done. I said it last show, and I'm going to say it again. They have most recently hired the next interim head coach of the Ottawa Senators is now in the building every day working for the team. He's there. He's yeah. ready to go. It's time for Jacques. Yeah, give him the reins for the rest of the year at the very least. Maybe you have him help you find the next head coach. Um, I, I don't think it's all DJ Smith for sure. Uh, I think the first couple of years, yeah, that's – that's something no one could do anything with. They did a tear it down to the studs rebuild, and DJ Smith was basically the foreman in charge of that. Yeah, you're not going to get much. Uh, you get all these kids and all these guys at the end of their careers. It's like you're not going to build much that's very good. But year three, year four, and now year five, he's had a great chance. He's had a really good opportunity, and I don't even, I don't even just, I don't even need to break down the minutia of things, you know. Is he, you know, is, is he, is he an X's and O's guy? Can he communicate well, blah, blah, blah. Or is he just a cheerleader? I don't know. You can, you can argue that to your blue in the face. I'll just, I'll just put an umbrella statement on everything. He's had a fair chance, like a more than fair chance. Like I think whoever you regard as the best head coach in NHL history, if he's got the track record with this young group that DJ Smith has right now, a losing culture is setting in. These kids are getting frustrated. They're looking for answers. This this coaching staff doesn't have them, and so it's not even about DJ Smith anymore from that perspective. In the here and now, this young group is looking for someone to throw them a life preserver to figure to help us figure things out. They've paid their dues now. They're losing hockey games. They need someone to fix them. Their kids. They don't have you know all you know. Like I was thinking about Chris Kreider. Like that would be a, a good, robust, a veteran guy late 20s, early 30s, something like that, like a a player like that, just someone that's going to take away a little of the country club mentality. The the fun thing was cute for a while. Now it's starting to annoy me a little bit. Like I want them to start taking things a little more seriously. So I think that a lot of them are, and they're looking for answers now. They're getting to a stage in their career where enough's enough. They want to start winning. And right now, I I think there's a losing culture setting in. And the guy that's running the show right now has no track record of I've done this before. I can do it again. He himself is a rookie who's still learning on the job. I mean, so across the board, <laughs> broken yeah. record. Uh, they got to do something you, for sure. You just lo- look at the most uh, recent firings this season. Uh, the most recent are, are Craig Baruby, won a Stanley Cup in St. Louis, 
yeah. has a pretty darn good record there in St. Louis. Like, a, I think only Ken Hitchcock has a better winning percentage as the head coach of St. Louis Blues, and and, and he gets fired because the team's yeah. not performing to a certain standard. Uh, Dean Evason is another great example. There's a guy in Minnesota. Uh, say what you will about the Minnesota Wild. Okay, they're a, they're a muggly, muddy middle team all the time, but they always make the playoffs. They, they give you a good over 500 season. You know, they, they, they do well at the gate. They, they put a good show on the ice, yada, yada, whatever. They're not where they're supposed to be. Boom, he's fired. Like, at the very least, just apply that standard. Where was this team supposed to be right now? Since you took over, where did you project this team to be come the middle of December? And they're not at that point. So, yeah, you can be patient and you can dismiss all the time before you got here. But since you've been here, what types of goals and expectations did you set for this team, for this coaching staff, for this group of players? And have they met that standard? And they have not. Enough is enough. Hit the road, Jack. Attention truck enthusiasts. Are you ready to experience the power, performance, and innovation of a legendary vehicle? Look no further than the 2023 Ford F-150 at Jim K. Ford. We have incredible deals and financing options tailored just for you. Visit Jim K. Ford today and experience the thrill of driving the best-selling truck in Canada, the 2023 Ford F-150. Visit us at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Well, I'm looking forward to the holidays with a few drinks with family and friends, and I'd like to recommend a nice bottle of Beaver's Dram Premium Canadian Whiskey for gift-giving or just enjoying by the fireplace during the holidays. Imagine a nice whiskey with less bite and more flavor that's soft and warm with subtle flavors of orange and dark chocolate and a hint of sherry. Pick up a bottle of Seven Seals Beaver's Dram Premium Canadian Whiskey today at the LCBO or order online at DunrobinDistilleries.com. Yeah, you look at uh, the guys you talk about, um, you know, Everson, Arube, and, and Woodcroft. Like, Sens fans would take those coaches' records in a heartbeat, and they've all lost their jobs here in the last month. Uh, you mentioned Everson, just looking at his track record. Um, you said Midlink. No, no, he's a fantastic regular season coach. Come playoff time, though, he couldn't get it done. Um, yeah. They lost in the first round every year, but look at his winning percentages in his uh, first three full seasons. 670, 689, 628, and uh, I think his winning record was not very good to start the year, obviously. Right. Uh, so, But, you know, that buys you patience at least. This guy blew away DJ Smith's coaching track record, and it was basically running parallel, as was Craig Berube's. He took over the year they won the Stanley Cup. They went to the playoffs four out of five years. And by the way, when he got fired, he had the exact same record DJ Smith had this year. Well, you bring up injuries. I, I, I agree injuries have been a problem, but hey, lots of teams go through injuries. Pretty much every team goes through injuries. If you've they gotten do. off to the start that you were supposed to get off to, then you've got a little bit of a cushion there. Right. If you get right. off to a hot start, you're doing well, you're, you know, you're over 500 consistently. Uh, and, and then you suffer a couple injuries, you know, maybe you have a glitch, you lose a couple of games, but everybody gets back healthy and we keep on going. If you have the structure in place, if you have a system in place that is executed every night, shift in, shift out, then people can fill in for injury situations. That's just, that's just a fact. Uh, next man up mentality, they call it. Right. I just, uh, we keep talking about it over and over again. I I draw some comparison, or I used to draw comparison to the the Toronto Blue Jays. 
the Blue Jays of three and four years ago. Young team, lots of superstar talent on the way. Uh, the young kids, they were having fun. Remember watching the Barrio down the end of the dugout where all those guys were having so much fun and the team was doing fairly well and maybe even exceeding expectations. Um, and the two teams ahead of them, it was Boston and Tampa. It was sort of just like the Senators. You got things to do. You're getting better. You're getting better. Well, what did they do in Toronto? They fired the manager. Mm-hmm. They fired the manager. They got rid of some of the fun guys, some of those boys down the end of the dugout bench who were having too much fun, and Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Goriel Jr., Gandhi, uh, and they brought in some sagely veteran guys who were going to run the clubhouse and make things a little different. Then they brought in a different kind of manager with a different kind of attitude and expectation level, et cetera, et cetera. And have they turned it fully around? Well, okay, they may be choked this year in the playoffs, all right, but they made the change. That's the point. They made the change and they were in better shape in their league, in their situation than the Jays are in their, or sorry, than the uh, Senators are in their situation. It feels to some degree like this team has been constructed the way a fan might construct his NHL pool. You know, just like, will this guy dazzle me offensively? Is he creative with the puck? Those are, that's a huge component to the game, but it doesn't feel like there's, you know, cause you still need some of those, workhorse type players who have who are maybe on a scale of one to ten only a six or a seven versus loading up with softer less physical players that are eights nines and tens in the skill department it feels to me like that the construction of this team skewed way way too far to the fun players and 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 overlooked some of these players that you've seen on every single stanley cup winner since the beginning of time um, so that's a, that's a big factor for me. And I, and I would certainly look at doing something, some kind of a move that would, uh, that would change the dynamic to some degree, but first and foremost, it's coaching. Then there's that. And the other thing I might even look at right now, because we've seen it happen before we've seen tr- teams turn around on a dime in the course of a single season, same season, of course, by firing their coach, but also by bringing in a different goalie, someone coming up from the minors the team catches fire in front of this guy. I might even give Mad Sogard a try. Watching Anton Forsberg in that last game, I, I mean, that was that was a game. The Sens didn't play great in Dallas, but they probably could could have won it for sure. You're giving up two, three freebies though. You had you had the own goal by Josh Norris. That's going to happen. Happens to every team. But Forsberg on two of those, like that that maybe even three. The Heiskanen goal, I mean, that 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 puck was coming across the ice slow as molasses, and why isn't Forsberg going over there with it? There seemed to me he was very late getting over, but then there was the shot that went in off the post, and like you just said, the shorty was totally unacceptable. Like, that's a guy in his backhand on a bad angle. Like, you, you got you to gotta stop that puck. So <laughs> yeah. go ahead and bring up Sogard. What do you got to lose at this stage? Not a bad idea, Steve. Not a bad idea. I think it, maybe you need to invent an injury for one of these guys. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Forzy, why don't you take a couple of weeks off and get your head together or something? I, right. I don't know what the answer is because as long as they're healthy, cap wise, you're in a tough spot to try to bring up another goaltender now. Right. Um, but yeah, it would, a goaltending change would certainly work. Neither of them has been good enough consistently to provide the kind of goaltending that this team needs to win every night. But while while you were talking there, I did a little scribbling, 
and I, I came up with like, would you be okay if your fourth line was Castellick, Greg, and Kelly? Like, would you be okay with that? Because if everybody was healthy, your third line would be Pinto with Joseph and, uh, or sorry, Kubalik, Pinto, uh, Kubalik, Greg, and Castellick. Your your third line would be Joseph and and Pinto and and uh, no Greg or Pinto, whichever way you want to go with Joseph and Tarasenko. That would be if everybody was healthy and nobody was letting their friends use their gambling account. That that would be the situation here. Your fourth line for clarity, I'll say it one more time: Greg Castellick. Kubalik as your fourth line, they'd be fine. Yeah. So I'll give them some. I'll give them some slack on the injury front up front, but I will not give them any slack on what you just talked about with the goaltending. It has not been good enough. I've said all along. Forsberg gives up at least one bad goal every game. The Dallas game, it was two, maybe three, as you pointed out. Um, Corpusalo has not been the answer. I, I, yeah, why not bring in Sogard and let him play? Yeah. You know, when I'm talking about roster construction, Kubalik would be in the discussion, as would Tarasenko. These are guys that are pending free agents. And I look at both of those guys as the types of guys I just talked about. You know, I have no problem with them, but they weren't needs. So when Pierre Dorian brought these guys in, Kubalik in the Dubrinkit deal, Tarasenko is a free agent. He should have been targeting different types of players. And here's your chance at a do-over. You're not re-signing these guys. I don't see them re-signing them to you. In either case, I don't. And and if that's the case, then start shopping now. Maybe you can bring somebody in that can kind of change the dynamic of things and, uh, you know, a bigger voice in the room, uh, you know, holding guys accountable when they're being twits out there, you know, cheating on on defense and, and scooting out of the zone too quickly. Or maybe, a, you know, there's laziness going on too, which is also one of the sins of youth. Um, one of the things with this team, you know, as we're criticizing and as we're breaking it down, it's it's the continual insistence of this group that they win a couple of games. And it feels to me, I don't know, it just, just feels like they have this unreasonable swagger. Instead of saying, okay, we've got to go now replicate that the next night, they almost feel like they've built up credit the next night and they don't have to work as hard anymore, that they're a dynasty now that they've won a couple of hockey games. They feel like they get away from their structure. Well, it's it's time for the good times now. Let's party. Let's go. And then they fall into these three-game losing slides after having a little bit of success. This is what a veteran coach will do. This is what a few more veteran guys in that locker room that would say, you know what? That last game, great. Means jack shit now. Let's do it again. Sustained excellence is what makes you a great hockey team. And the problem is it's collective too, Steve. It, it, it's very rarely do the Senators lose a game badly and you can say, well, you know, like uh, these six guys all played really well tonight. It just, it's almost, it's its collective. It goes through the entire roster. They're all terrible, <laughs> right? It, that's weird. Like I, I understand they're professional athletes. They have ups and downs. You have off nights, but it's almost as though it's a collective Every one of them has a really has a stinker. When this team has a stinker, it's a truly a team effort. And, and and on the other side of the coin, when they play well, it's truly a team effort, right? When they play well, the PK is really strong. They get the power play, a couple goals. Uh, they get goals from the third line or even the fourth line. You know, the, it's spread out. The depth scoring's there. Everything happens. When they play well, it's a team effort. When they lose, it's generally a team effort as well. Yeah, you see it in the micro and the macro in the small sample size. They, they win a couple of games and they're feeling great and they, you know, they get ahead of themselves. 
and they, then they lose a bunch and then it's almost they, they react after a losing slide uh and and and, and then all hope is lost they, they kind of just react as in okay let you know we're gonna stick it to the other team now you know we've, we've been down long enough like it just whether you're talking about a mini streak or whether you're talking seasonally when they play themselves out with terrible starts and then when all hope is lost, they've played their way out of it. They've thrown a grenade on themselves. Then they get going at the end of the season as if to say, okay, let's get serious now. I just, it's just a, it's just a, a dynamic. I think that, that, that is a tendency of youth. And I think that you can fix that with, you know, the right people being added to this, this mix, whether it's coaching or whether it's the locker room. Where's Josh Bailey now? Right. Right. That would have been fine. That would have been yeah. a, a nice aid to this I team. Think, I think so. I mean, uh, they must have made an internal decision that he didn't have enough anymore. But <laughs> what, a after like, a preseason where he was their leading scorer in the preseason? If Patty Maroon can still lace him up and be in the dressing room and, and be, be effective on the ice, then why can't a Josh Bailey? I just, even if he's a little slower than he used to be and he's not exactly going to, he's not going to score you 40 goals, would his presence alone in the room be helping right now? Would, would he be there to help a Brady Kachuk and a Claude Giroux who are trying to lead this team? And I assume Jacob Chikrin probably has more of a leadership role as well. But they, the, the, the types of players, that Pierre uh, Dorian tried so hard to find and sign every year that well, we ended up calling them the placeholders, the types of players that he failed to find, if he could find it, you know, if, if he ever found one or two or three that, that were the right type, or sorry, that were still effective enough on the ice, they were the right type of person, the right character, veteran, leadership, family man, good guy, all that stuff. But he just never found one that was talented enough. And that's what's needed now is two or three guys like that. Yeah. So next game Sunday night against Vegas. I regret a little bit that we took our 300th show and ended up <laughs> being so critical, but it just, it's a natural. If you're following the team and you care about the team, it's uh it's hard not to kind of live in the moment. Uh, and, and just, it's just doing a podcast and talking about the same problems again and again, and making suggestions and seeing that had they done them earlier, then the season might be going in a different direction. Um, so it's a little frustrating that we've done our 300 show and had, had so much negative. So hopefully there was some positive stuff I had to talk about. In the, What's going to happen days. Sunday night? Well, that's what I was going to go with to yeah. next. And I think uh, my, my initial, you, you kind of threw cold water on my game Sorry. plan. That's okay because it makes perfect sense what you said. But my initial thought was this would be the kind of game they just show up and win. Um, you know, kind of the reason I, I talked about earlier that, you know, now we've lost three straight. Come on, fellas, you know, stop messing around. Let's do this right. And they'll figure it out. And they'll somehow, some way beat the Vegas Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champs. But you made a good point. Yeah. The Vegas just got hammered by Buffalo and that's not right. good. And that's not going to sit well with Bruce Cassidy. That's not going to sit well with that team, with the, the leadership group that they have there, the Stanley Cup pedigree, the kind of guys that are on that team that will not sit well. And also, um, Teams like Vegas don't lose twos and threes at a time. Teams like yeah. Vegas don't lose to teams they should beat. Um, it's just, I, I can't see it. I cannot see it. And they've still got, then they got Arizona, then they got Colorado. Is that the right order? They go from Vegas to Zona to Colorado. I can honestly see them losing all three of them. You know, one of the guys that might have come in handy here. 
Everybody keeps saying, you know, oh, look at that last few years of that contract for Mark Stone. The Sens had signed him. It would have been an albatross. Well, let me just count here. He's in year six. He's still a point-of-game player. Uh, I know he's had some injury troubles in Vegas, but uh, tell me, and, and, and again, Keith Kachuk, Brady's dad, was yelling at everybody who uh, would hand him a microphone to talk into. We got to get that Mark Stone signed. He knew. The city of Ottawa knew, but Eugene Melnick and Pierre Dorian decided that Mark Stone had to go. Now, I mean, may, by the end, Mark Stone may have, you know, said, "Okay, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go to UFA because this is this is a gong show. It's a rebuild. I don't want to be part of a rebuild." But there were opportunities along the way with these one year and two year deals that it kept signing Mark Stone to. You know, you take care of him. Then we all knew what he was. We we knew that he was going to be a great. Have you take you take care of a guy like that? That's exactly the guy kind of guy that I'm talking about. That veteran who's been around the block, who can take the silly out of the team. You know, he's a, he's just a natural leader, as we saw last spring. And, and again, the only thing I could say about it that would defend it was, okay, well, a, a, an eight year contract at nine million dollars a year that might not look very good at the end. And again. He's six years into it now, and tell me this wouldn't be a better hockey club right now if he had been here during that time and mentoring these kids. Yeah, he's one of those guys that never doesn't take a night off, like rarely even takes a shift off. Whether he is producing offensively or not, whether he looks like he's he's uh, doing the right things or not, doesn't matter. He's not a pretty skater, uh, but he's got a voice and he's got a heart as size of the size of Ottawa, the guy wouldn't be putting up with this crap if he were here. Yeah. All right. Sends in Vegas on Sunday night. Uh, Greg's got them getting swatted. I'm going <laughs> to stick with my earlier theory, though it uh, doesn't feel as good. I'm going to say the Sens are going to surprise us and get the W. Uh, and that will do it for this week's show. Um, apologies a little bit for all the venting, but thank you for being with us today. Don't forget that our website is sensnationhockey.com and i urge you as well uh to check out the hockey news i'm the site editor of the ottawa senators page and it's available to you at thn.com slash ottawa another friday comes and goes coach greg anything anything <laughs> maybe next friday <laughs> i've been very busy uh, steve you know what you know I, i've been very busy i know but it's my job to give you the gears that's yeah. all <laughs> you know what i've been doing i've been marking this exam uh, for an HP one coach. And, and it, it, it is absolutely incredible. It's got to be 300 pages. It's uh it's, it's a lot of work to get through. And the, the guys, it's just a very good coach. I've been working wow. hard on that. Yeah. See, if I were you, I'd probably get about 15, 20 pages in. If the writing's good and he looks like he's on the right path, I'd be <laughs> yeah. like, uh, check you're good. You yeah, I can't but do I'm that. Going- I write down comments and stuff. Oh, I'm not going 300 pages deep. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that isn't that is an ordeal. I mean, having gone through the HP one process, uh, I'm I'm trained. I'm HP one trained. I didn't get certified with all the you know the stuff that would uh, go on down the line and stuff, and all the uh, the you know mm. refresher courses and things like that. But the uh, no, the the just getting trained was uh, a long process, and so it's uh, but it's all good. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, uh, it's very worthwhile, but good luck with all that. Yeah, thank and you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us. Uh, happy holidays to everybody, and we'll talk to you in our next episode. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers, or become a member on Patreon. 
Check out our website today at SendsNationHockey.com.